Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. It could be that you're using a commercial agent to find that business, to do the viewings and filter the potential clients. And that could be a very good approach to start off with. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where we delve into essential aspects of commercial property investing. And I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. In today's episode, I'm going to discuss the art of customer selection. Yes, you can choose your customers, a critical skill that every commercial property investor needs. Choosing the right tenants or clients can really impact the success or failure of your investments. Now, we're going to explore how to identify potential problem clients looking out for red flags and then next week I'm going to discuss key considerations to ensure you find the best commercial clients for your properties. Now you know me I like to set some context first. Most commercial property investors when they start out are not negotiating with a big national brand for their fancy commercial unit. Often it's a small unit. It might not be in a prime location because it's the starter unit. It's the beginning of their investment career. So often the scenario for that first property, and sometimes many of the properties after that, is you're dealing with a small local business. The chances are it's someone you don't know, or they're maybe an acquaintance. It could be that you're using a commercial agent to find that business, to do the viewings and filter the potential clients. And that could be a very good approach to start off with. For us, 99.99% of all viewings that have ever been done on our properties, we've carried out ourselves. And if you're going to do the same, then this episode is going to be really useful. And by the way, as part of the sales process, it's essential to book a viewing. Don't try and negotiate before you've met them. There's an old sales adage. Don't give them enough information to be able to make a decision before you see them. Over the years, the last 20-odd, we've secured the odd customer. There have probably been over a thousand customers who've rented or are currently renting or have hired some sort of space from us. So we must have conducted many more viewings. And there's a real art to viewing. Every business has a sales process, or at least they should, right? The viewing is only part of that sales journey, but it's our chance to really get to understand our potential customer. It's the eyeball to eyeball situation. It's as much about what they don't say as as much as they do say. There's body language and other signals you learn to see and understand and then log in your mind. What I'm really saying is that over time, you will build up a thick skin, but also a highly tuned nose. Now, not every customer is trying to get one over on you or is out to trick you. It's just that what they sometimes need is needing a little bit of interpretation. Sometimes what they say is not what they mean, and other times what they say is not what they need. It's not our job to tell business owners what they need, but having said that, our business is space, and we know quite a lot about space and what people can do with it. So we're qualified to an extent 
to at least help potential customers to understand what type of space may work and to make suggestions. The only way we can really do that, though, is to have a good conversation, an exploratory conversation, where we can ask lots of questions. I already feel myself drifting into a conversation all about the art of a good viewing, because there are so many things to think about, from setting expectation to understanding customer needs, through to juggling different unit sizes, occupancy levels, competition, alternative offers, and all that lovely stuff. But in this episode, I'm going to stick to identifying potential problem clients. And then next time, I'll cover some of the key things to think about while you vet your potential business customers. Okay, let's talk about these red flags. So these are things that we've picked up over the years and recognise them early on can save you from potential headaches down the line. Now, individually, these red flags are not a big deal. If one thing comes up, yeah, okay. They might make you listen more intently, but not make any decisions. However, two or three of these, now you have to think seriously about whether you want the hassle. You see, here's the thing. When you're getting started or your building's got high vacancy, it's tempting to take anybody just to get some occupancy. But I can tell you from experience that can often end in tears. Some of you who've started this process will be nodding along to one of these, one or two of these as I go through them, I'm sure. So let's dive in. What if a customer wants to pay cash? Doesn't happen so often now, but when a prospective tenant insists on paying rent in cash, it should raise concerns about their financial accountability. <laughs> cash payments are often difficult to track and to prove any kind of history of transactions. And that could indicate that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to if you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. avoid leaving a financial trail. So it's important to make sure that all rental payments are made through some kind of documented process, usually a bank transfer, a credit card, something like that. And to be honest, as I say, we rarely see this nowadays. We used to see it more often. And checks too are a thing of the past because when somebody gave you a check, it actually took a while before it cleared. So it was always that thing about, have they paid or have they not? Is this check gonna clear? But getting paid direct through bank transfers or through credit cards is so much better these days. So if somebody turns up and they want to pay cash, hmm, there's a red flag there for me. What about negotiating the deposit? We ask for two months deposit. This is for our flex spaces. Not so much for FRI lease spaces, but nevertheless for our flex spaces we do. And a customer negotiating the deposit amount or requesting to pay instalments could indicate there's a bit of a lack of financial stability there or lack of commitment. 
Now, while some negotiation is standard, of course, excessive haggling over the deposit might suggest the client is going to struggle to meet other financial obligations in the future. Now, we have in the past allowed people to pay the deposit in instalments, but never beyond the first day they move in. So you can pay instalments up to that point, but when they move in, you need to have all of the deposit. There's no point in letting somebody move in and then expect the deposit later. That's not the way this works. And a reasonable deposit sort of policy or transparent policy, setting those expectations early on can help avoid any misunderstandings and protect your interests further down the track. Now, what if they're blowing hot and cold? So this might be during the viewing or the pre or post communications. They might be uncertain about what they're looking for and that's okay. They might not be fully committed. Not so okay. But consistent and clear communication from you is critical and from them to ensure that this is going to be a positive relationship. Because sometimes customers will come along, they view the space, everything's amazing, it's amazing, and then you never hear from them for months. It's about setting expectations. If they did come back, that inconsistency might be a behaviour that you're not that keen on in the future. Now, I know it's possibly taking a luxury, choosing customers, which ones you're going to let in and which ones you're not. But believe me, when some of these flags raise their head and you still go ahead, it can be really frustrating that you didn't listen to yourself. Now, what about when they're wanting a big space and it just seems too big for their current needs? And potential customers who want a significantly large unit than they currently require might mean they've got an overambitious plan or a lack of a clear business strategy. Now, while expansion is a positive sign and, you know, it could be that absolutely that is what they're going to be doing, it's really essential that you understand what they're doing, what they want to do and whether that larger space is actually affordable right now because it needs to be realistic. A mismatch between the client's needs and the property size could lead to financial challenges later on and at the end of the day, unpaid rent, which is what none of us want. And talking about big spaces, what about a big team? If a client claims to have a big team, but you've never met them during that viewing process, it's important just to clarify they're definitely there. And while remote working is prevalent since the pandemic, Understanding the customer's organisational structure can really help you assess that potential future growth and whether actually your property is suitable for that. Another little one that's popped up a few times is just unprofessional contact details. It sounds a little thing, but a business using a generic email address like johnsonlineclothing at gmail.com might be an indication of a lack of professionalism or credibility or even that the business is really that legitimate. Usually most businesses have bought the URL that sits around their company name and verifying their contact details and looking for these things can just lead to a little red flag about the credibility of the business. Now here's a big turn off, disrespectful behaviour could be any form of disrespectful behaviour, but whether it's towards you or your staff during the interview or before, it's a clear red flag. 
Respect and professionalism should be an absolute necessity. Potential clients who display bad behaviour during the viewing process will likely continue with that behaviour after and during their stay. So leading to potential conflicts and uncomfortable situations and whether it's you or your staff, you both deserve to enjoy the experience not to have to put up with badly behaving clients. And there will always be some who slip through the net, but do try to be selective, despite the pressure to get spaces filled. (laughs) I know that it's difficult. So what if they want to register multiple businesses at your address? They might ask about that. That can be a challenge. It's a lot more paperwork for you. And does this get caught up in money laundering rules, anti-money laundering rules. And what if they say, "Mm, we're not really going to use the office that much. Do you do mail forwarding? Ah, red flag. That's a red flag for us. Because that means they might be using the office and the address for some activities that aren't necessarily strictly legal. And they want you to deal with all their mail, all their parcels, all their deliveries and send them on to them. That's not always a great strategy. And yeah, it might be, oh, look, somebody wants to take an office and they're not going to use it much. They're not going to be using utilities. Sounds quite good. It's a red flag. Okay, we spoke about the um, deposit. What about VAT? Sometimes clients will argue about VAT, but that can indicate financial constraints or reluctance for them to grow their business. Now, it's not essential that everybody gets to the VAT threshold, right? But... Arguing excessively about it can be a sign that a potential client is going to have challenges with financial planning. And having an open and transparent discussion about it can really help set expectations early on. And just as an indicator, very few of our customers um, question the whole VAT thing. It might be that if somebody's continually asking you about VAT and they don't want to pay it, they might be the wrong customer for you. Just say it. Okay, so the last thing I've got here before I close out, trust your instincts. If you have a bad feeling about a potential tenant, and we have, trust those instincts and proceed with caution. As an experienced commercial property investor, your gut feeling can be a valuable tool in making the right decisions. If something feels off or doesn't add up, it's worth conducting more due diligence, seeking additional references. Do remember, you can't do a credit check on someone unless they've given you their permission. There are always exceptions to the rule, and we should always give people the benefit of the doubt. And as your nose is more and more finely tuned to pick out these red flags, make sure it doesn't become too high and mighty. There are always businesses that have challenges, and when they come to you, they may be able to grow really strongly. Now, we've discussed how to identify those flags, and next week we're going to explore some of the other key considerations you need to think about for client selection. And yes, you have got the luxury of choosing which clients you should take. This is a great business. It's a social business, a people business. Remember, there are many genuine business owners out there that will become part of your business and you'll enjoy the ride together. We have many great customers. Some have been with us for years and years. For every bad customer, we've had lots of great customers. That's one of the things I really like about this industry. It's learning about other businesses, business leaders, and watching them grow, knowing that maybe we had a small part in supporting that growth. Now, thanks for joining me on this short podcast. I hope you found these insights valuable. 
for your own journey as a commercial property investor. I'm looking forward to speaking to you again soon. If you have any questions, don't forget, look in the show notes and reach out.